T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night as we react to another Eagles victory, 11-1. Jalen Hurts should be the NFL MVP over Patrick Mahomes. That's how great he's played. I'm convinced this Eagles team is going to win the Super Bowl as they are on their way here to the number one seed. Uh, We did get the news today that maybe Garoppolo's foot injury isn't quite as bad as they thought. Maybe not season-ending, you know, regular season-ending for sure. But maybe he can return to the playoffs. We'll see on that and and how he progresses. Here's what I know. The Eagles are the best team in in the NFC, and I trust them week-to-week more than any team in the NFL. I am convinced they're going to win the Super Bowl. They have been that consistently excellent for me to believe that. All right, but on the Trey Turner thing is – and I gave a lot of my thoughts on, uh, you know, the contract versus the player. The player's excellent. The contract worries me 11 years for a middle infielder. But let's talk about how we would line this thing up. So let's give our lineups here. Here's what I wrote down yesterday. And, and I did mine with Bryce Harper back. Okay, we know Bryce Harper's not going to play for the first few months of the season. Maybe it's late June. Maybe it's July. You know, he'll come back at some point off of the Tommy John. With Bryce Harper in there, here is how I set the lineup up. And here is my main goal. I want to try to keep legitimate separation with the lefties. So I, I want I, I want to stack it so right-handers can feast on the lefties when the lefties come in late in games. We know there's a three-batter rule now. So ideally, I put two righties between each lefty. That, that's my ideal thing. That doesn't work out in every, every sense. But, and I, I try to really set up the right. It's more than just protecting the lefties, right? Because, you know, Bryce Harper could hit against lefties. He's not awful against them. Schwarber is obviously better against righties, but he hit the, I think Schwarber hit a bunch of home runs last year. My memory tells me against lefties. He, you know, he could hit home runs against lefties. You hit 46. You probably hit some yeah. against lefties. Uh, but I, I really want to set up the righties to feast on the lefties. That's really my point of, of my argument for the lineup. So I tried to put two righties between the first three lefties that I stacked in the order. So here's how I did it. Kyle Schwarber leadoff. You know, you know, you know, it's okay. I mean, Kyle Schwarber did it 46 home runs as mostly a leadoff hitter, and they went to the World Series with this. And I, for some reason, everyone you know doesn't want to hit leadoff. It's pretty darn successful hitting leadoff. Leadoff, Kyle Schwarber. Batting second, I have Trey Turner. I'm, I'm getting ready for our, our leading offs. Schwarber, leadoff. Turner, second. Real Muto, third. Harper, fourth. Hoskins, fifth. Bohm, sixth. Stott, seven. Castellanos, eight. Marsh, Veerling, you know, the platoon there at center, ninth. Now, a couple of thoughts, because people send me messages when I put this up, that these Phillies would not hit Castellanos, eighth. I don't care. It's my lineup. 
He hits eighth. He stinks. Until he starts hitting again, he comes nowhere near above the players I put him. And as far as Schwerber Turner, I mean, I just think if you if you did that late in the game, opponent opposing manager would absolutely put a lefty in for Schwerber, right? Because they got Harper coming up soon. They try to get Schwerber. Turner and Real Muto should would dominate or should dominate against you know left-handed relievers coming out of the bullpen. So I would go Schwarber, Turner, Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, Bohm, Stott, Castellanos, Marsh, Veerling. Now if Castellanos hits again, if Stott takes a leap, you know we, this is all subject to you know we could change this around. But that that's how I would do it right now, Tucker. Yeah, I had the top three the same. I, I think I guess top five: uh, Schwarber, Turner, Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins. I just like having those righties in between, right? Mm-hmm. If Schwarber and Harper are the two guys that opposing managers fear in your lineup, which they are, and they're going to bring out a, a lefty, if you know Bob Melvin gets off his butt and puts Josh Hader in a game, guess what? Then you have Turner and Romuto in the middle there. And one of the reasons why I think they struggled in the postseason was Romuto and, and Hoskins, when push came to shove, didn't make opposing managers regret putting lefties in. So if you have those guys in there now, to be honest, if Harper isn't in there early on in the season, I like Trey Turner hitting leadoff and moving Schwarber back to a, a situation where he could produce more RBIs. But I think with Harper in the lineup, keeping them separating, keeping them as far up in the lineup as possible makes sense. I, I would put Castiano six for now based on you know what he does. I just think Castiano's is a good enough hitter that he'll figure things out. I like Marsh seven, Bohm eight. I like Stott 9. I think Stott's a better hitter than those two guys, but I like what we see. I like his approach when he hits, and I like having a guy down there that can really just turn the lineup over, right? We saw it in the postseason uh, a few times where he came up with big at-bats and big hits. I just like the idea of not having an automatic out, not having your worst hitter at number 9, and and having a guy who, if Kyle Schwarber is hitting leadoff, he will have RBI opportunities if Bohm and Stott are hitting down there at the bottom of the lineup. Yeah, there's no question. He will. Uh, he'll have a lot of them. And and then in this lineup, we could play it out any way we want. You could, you know, reconfigure it any way you want. They're, they should score a lot of runs. I mean, when, when Bryce Harper comes back, having Trey Turner in this lineup, I mean, effectively the Phillies swapped out Gene Segura for Trey Turner. And at this point in their careers, and I mean, Segura was, was at one point um, a better offensive player than he is now, but it's it's – it's a pretty big difference. You know, Jeet Segura now to, to, to compared to Trey Turner. I mean, Trey Turner last season, just, just last season, had had the most played appearance of baseball. He had the most at-bats in baseball. He had 21 home runs. He had 194 hits. He had 100, 100 runs batted in. He had 298. He had an 809 OPS. I mean, it was 11th in in um, MVP voting last year. He's been as high as five. He's at three. He has a two top 10 finishes, three top 11 finishes. He's outstanding. I mean, he's outstanding. And last year he stole 27 bases. And I think he'll, you know, 30, 25, 25, 25 seems like a very realistic. 25, 35 feels like a very realistic floor for, you know, a guy like Trey Turner. 20, 40 is certainly possible. He's averaged that over the 162. Uh, but I, I I don't think it's a lock Turner hits leadoff. A lot of people are saying it like it is. I I just think when Harper's there, aren't Schwarber and Hoskins clunky together if one of them's not at the top? Like, where do you put him? Like, where does Schwarber go if he's not hitting the leadoff? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, do do Harper three, Schwarber four, Hoskins five? But then you got the two lefties back-to-back. Yeah, and I, I know the Phillies did that 12 years ago, but if you go back and watch, like, the 2008 World Series, I know Joe Madden was, like, the, the super over-the-top 
hands-on-everything-manager, go watch some of the matchups he put his relievers in in the 2008 World Series and tell me that they were playing matchups in 2008. It's just lunacy, some of the things they do with the knowledge we know now. I just, I don't know, like the traditional baseball lineup, I guess, would be Turner, Romuto, Harper, Schwarber, Hoskins yeah. at the top of your lineup, right? You have the big power guy in the middle, your best hitter, number three, and then your two speed guys at the top. But I don't know. I just think it makes more sense this way. Well, and also I was looking up uh, Trey Turner where he hit last year because yeah, I think we think of he him hit as, mostly second. That's what I was going to say. I remember Betts, right? That they their lineup last year. A lot of the Dodgers game I watched were Betts, Turner, Freeman. That's how they stacked their three um, with the with the Dodgers. And here, here's the thing: I love debating this. It's fun to talk about over time over the full season. If you just put your best hitters at the top, you're going to score a lot of runs. I mean, that that's the order really becomes more. Of, things that we think about than actually changing the, the math that much. Jack is in Santa Barbara. Hey, Jack. Hey, Joe. What's up, um, Jack? How you doing, buddy? I told, I told Tucker, um, Trey Turner is an assassin with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like Utley, but a nice guy. And, um, you know, I would bat him first and JT behind him because uh, I think they can play hit and run with no shift. And JT knows how to hit hit behind the runner to the opposite field. Um, um, the other thing is, uh, I don't know if you know this, because I watched him a lot after the Phillies games. I would watch the Dodgers games just to keep on top of who the Phillies were going to face. Mookie Betts got hurt, and Trey Turner let off for about two months. Yes, yeah, yeah. Was... I'm looking at it now. He uh, last season, he he batted second most of the year. But you're right; there was about uh, 23 games he had first. So th- those must have been the games Betts was out. Yeah, he was out, and even when he came back, he wasn't right, mm-hmm. and they and they DH'd him a bunch. Um, so Trey, I, I can tell you this, he, Philly is going to love him, man. He's, he's got that Victorino charisma and he's like, it, it's like, he's like Ron Howard with a, with a big stick. Everybody loves Opie and Richie Cunningham. He's like that kind of guy. And, and, and Bryce knows that about him. He's infectious. He's just perfect Philly, man. I, I'm I couldn't be happier. I'm excited, Jack, to watch him. He's he's going to be, and I think you're right about this town falling in love with him. Jack. We appreciate the phone call. So two things. Um, Tucker mentioned there was a story in the Athletic yesterday about how, how I found it. Uh, Turner is a really kind of a Philadelphia. Player. Before we we get to that, just want to say, like I wrote down before the show, Barry Larkin. I, I kind of see some Barry Larkin. I see some Paul Molitor. Now we could throw Ron Howard into the mix of comparisons for trade. I, I, did you see the Ron Howard comp coming tonight? I didn't. At first, I was confused because Ryan? I always Ryan. think Ryan Howard right. when we think baseball. Sure. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because Ryan Howard had a big stick when he played. He hit 58 home runs. Not Ron Howard. Trey Turner is about the size of Ryan Howard's bat, so that didn't make sense to me, but now I get it. He meant the, the soft-spoken nature. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I get it. I just, I just wasn't prepared for for a Ron Howard discussion. I mean, usually we come in and we kind of have a, somewhat of an idea, 
I didn't think I'd be suddenly thinking about the happy days and the theme song in my head right now. I am, and I'm thinking about young Ron Howard. But anyway, uh, Tucker, what, what, that story in The Athletic about how Turner's kind of built for Philadelphia. Yeah, so this is a story uh, written yesterday about how he was built for Philadelphia, and it talks about uh, their run to the World Series in 2019. And it, early on in the season, Turner broke his finger on a pitch by Zach Eflin. He was trying to bun it, it hit his hand, broke his finger. And Anthony Rendon, in the middle of the season, they were talking to him. They said, man, you know, his ring finger was broken. He was out for only a month. You know, how crazy is it? And Anthony Rendon just said, well, you know, you broke his middle finger last week. His middle finger's also broken. And he was able to play the rest of the season with a broken middle finger. Never went on the DL. Never missed any time. He, he told the uh, training staff, pop that MFR back in after he got hit because he wanted to go out and, and keep playing. This is someone who I think, you know, Jack kind of mentioned Ron Howard and Chase Utley. I think he's a little soft-spoken, not as hard-edged as Chase Utley, but I think it's definitely a good fit, and this is someone that values stability. I know the city loves loyalty. That's why Bryce Harper's here for so long. That's why that Trey Turner, I think, is going to be beloved because he doesn't want to have to negotiate another contract or go to a new city. He was upset that Washington leaked a lot of his contract extension talks and then just traded him to the Dodgers without any warning. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was they said he didn't want to be a face of the franchise. He didn't want to be a guy in the spotlight, which if you win a World Series, you're going to be in the spotlight. I'm I'm sorry to tell you. But he came here because he wanted to be with Kevin Long, his hitting coach in Washington, and he came here because he wanted to play in Bryce Harper's shadow. He knows that even though he has a $300 million contract, there's going to be 50,000 Bryce Harper jerseys in the stands every game. You know what's kind of interesting? And that that was the first time I had heard the point that he kind of wants to be a co-star, not like the face. So he's a great player, right? Any team that has money and a need this offseason was going to pursue uh, Trey Turner. You know what's interesting? Teams that didn't have a face, the Cubs, no face. The Giants, for being decent or good last year, no face. They were mostly like platoon players. He wasn't named to them. Think about that. His name wasn't out there connected to those teams. You know whose name was connected to? The Phillies. The Padres, who already have a million stars, Soto or or uh, Tatis or Machado, pick pick your favorite one, and the Mariners, who have Julio Rodriguez. The teams that he was most connected to already have someone at a bigger profile than him. It might, that's the, that must be real. And even in the Mariners and Padres, like those are relatively small markets, right? Like he wasn't going out and saying, "I want to you know be the next great shortstop of the New York Yankees." Not 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 a single connection. No Mets. No Yankees. And you know what? It's it's going to work out for the Phillies. He's going to come here and be really good. That 2019 season when he got hurt. He, um, he actually was better in the second half of the season than the first. So, obviously, the, you know, the injury, it was what it was all year. But he was better at playing through some uh, significant pain there. Joe is up on WIP. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on, Joe? What are you thinking? How are you guys doing? Now, first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Trey Turner. You guys were saying that uh, you're worried about the 11-year contract. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like giving a 29, 30-year-old player 11 Listen, years. I, I wish we could have him for 50 bucks for two years, you know what I'm saying, or three years, but it doesn't work like that. If you want these players on your team, which we need, we need these guys to win a World Series. You saw us. You saw us in the, in the World Series. We need that one more. We need that one other piece to help us offensively to get over that hump. We were in a bunch of, like, 3-1 games. We were in uh, games where we could have uh, pulled away, but we didn't and ended up losing, and our only guy was Schwarber then. So, right? yeah, and Joe, I understand your <clears throat> point, and I agree they have to pay to get a good player, but... But I, I don't agree that they had to do the contract like this. They they did it on purpose to smooth the years out. Like, they could have given him 300 over seven years. They yeah, chose but that, to gives do- us, that gives us more money 
to go out now and get some more guys. I don't know if we're going to get anybody with the qualifying offer, but it gives us the opportunity to get some people it in does. the bullpen. It does. Some, so a starting pitcher or two. Uh, one guy I really don't want is Jameson Tyone. I don't think he was too good for the Yankees. I don't know why we'd want to bring Joe, him here. Joe, I'm and, with uh, Joe. I, I'm so glad you said it. I, I'm with you. His name keeps popping up connected to the Phillies. I, I don't think very highly of him. He's just a guy to me, and he's going to get paid to be more than that. I, I'm, he's just Exactly. He's Noah Syndergaard without all the injuries. He's, you know, he's Noah Syndergaard without the injuries. He's also, if you go back and look, Kyle Gibson a couple years ago and his numbers compared it to Tyon now, it's very similar. He, he reminds me of a younger Gibson. I want no part of him. Yeah, but you know, in the, actually in the beginning when we, re, when we first got Gibson, he was actually pretty good for us. It was this year that he was really terrible. Oh, yeah, this year it was awful, Joe. I mean, at the end, and, it, was, it was just bad. And another point I want to make is how are we just leaving Hoskins at first base and making believe he didn't cost us so many games last year? Yeah, they're kind of sweeping that one under the rug because, you know, I, I just – they don't have a better option right now. And I think and, – and, Joe, I appreciate it, man. I think with the Bryce Harper injury, they were – they don't want to just give away that power because they're going to miss the Bryce Harper's power for the first three months. But do you think there's any chance that Reese Hoskins is a Philly in 2024? I put it at zero. Think about how many guys they have on this team that could eventually get playing time at first base. I don't know which one will be best at it, but Schwarber, Castellanos, Real Muto, I mean Harper. Like they have all these DH types. So the first base or Bohm could be used to play first base. And and they already have seven now, six or six $20 million players with Nola to make it seven next year. I, I just think there's no chance he's resigning here. No, and that's why I wonder, you know, as we talk about their ability to upgrade the the rotation, especially as a, a middle middle of the rotation guy, couldn't he be used in a trade like that? Right? Couldn't you set up a situation where if or when Bryce Harper's ready to play the outfield again, you can move Kyle Schwarber to first base, you can move Alec Bohm to first base and, and play Edmundo Sosa yep. or, or Nick Maton there in, in kind of a platoon and then you improve your defense tremendously with either one of those situations, and you improve the middle of the rotation. Like, I, I know Reese Hoskins hit 30 home runs last year. I know he he's pretty much a mistake hitter. Like, he's like Pat Burl in that sense, yeah. where if you lay a 93-mile-per-hour fastball down the middle, he's not going to miss it. Like Strider did. Other than that, good luck. But I don't know. I just don't know what he offers this team. He's not a complete baseball player. Well, he's not, and he's a free agent to be. So it's not like like four years ago he, you know, he gave them cost certainty. He gave them cheap labor to play first base and and hit a bunch of home runs, take a bunch of walks. Well, that's it's over now. I mean, he's going to be more most expensive he's ever been this year in arbitration, and um, and he's a free agent after the season. But you know, adding Turner, it just takes this thing to another level. I mean, I, I compare it to the AJ Brown trade the Eagles made because it it takes a pretty good roster, and let's not. Let's not get it twisted. The Phillies made a great run in October. Were they a great team? They were not. They need to get to another level to be a great team. And Turner can get them there. Turner can help elevate this thing to where they win over 90 games, to where they compete to win the division. Now, the Braves will still be really good. Um, the Mets, you know, that DeGrom signing in Texas is, you know, an amazing amount of years and money for a pitcher that's pitched very little. Now, DeGrom is inning for inning the best pitcher in baseball. He just doesn't pitch. You know, but the Mets didn't really get worse. I mean, is Verlander worse than, than DeGrom next year? I don't think so. He's probably the same, and he pitches more. So I don't think the Mets are worse today than they were yesterday. So this division is going to be really good. It, it's going to be really good again. But the Phillies can win this thing. You know, if, if they get Harper back before, you know, around late June, early July, and Turner's as good as we think, 
they could win this division next year. That, that it's not something I expected to say, you know, when this offseason began, but that, that's how good Turner is. 215-592-9494. That is how you get aboard here uh, on this Tuesday night as we react to the Philadelphia Phillies signing Trey Turner. It sounds crazy just to say it. That they signed Trey Turner. Doesn't it almost, like, I? it almost feel because maybe because we projected it for so long, but and because they've signed big-name free agents, it almost feels commonplace now, doesn't it? Which is a testament to Middleton. Big-name free agent, Phillies will probably get them. I mean, they've done it now time and again for four or five years. They're connected to someone, and they, they get them, and, and they pay. Now, I love the player. I don't love the contract. 215-592-9494 and the Eagles. There's a lot of things that have impressed me about this season. When we come back, I'll give you another one. I saw this after the game, and it really stood out how the Eagles – when presented with a challenge this year, have knocked it down. We'll hit that. All your phone calls on Trey Turner, lineup thoughts, and the Eagles. I do believe we're watching a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. 215-592-9494 at Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The 1-2. Swing at a fly ball center field. Pretty deep. Quinn back into his left near the wall. He leaps and it hits off the wall. So does Quinn. One run is in. Turner around second. He's heading for third. They're going to wave him home. He'll try to score. Didi with the relay home. It's not in time. And it's an inside the park home run for Trey Turner that ties the game 2-2. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. I got to say, and and we know you know Scott does a great time, a great job with the Phillies broadcast, and he's stepped his game up more than ever in the postseason. A noticeable lack of excitement during those Trey Turner highlights. Maybe it's because the Phillies are getting their brains beat in by him. Could that have been it? Yeah, uh, going through all the Trey Turner highlights we have in the system, not a lot of energy from Scott Fransky. That should change come April. That, that, that should change a lot. As Trey Turner's a Philly, and you know, when you think about the player he is and what he's done, there's not many players ever like him. In fact, through his 20s, 300 batting average, 40 stolen bases per 162 games, 20 home runs per 162 games. No one's ever done that. I mean, just for a second, think about that. No one's ever done that. 
that that's what kind of player we're talking about here. A true five-two player. I can't wait to watch him every day. He's been, he's been one of my favorite players to watch for a long time. Now, do I wish it was on a six-year contract or five? I do. I, I do have legitimate worry about the end of this contract. It could be terrible. But for the next four or five years, and I think um, in the Mac Gell piece, they, um, you know, they were talking today, or the, the Phillies, you get a quote from the Phillies official, saying the thought is if he could stick at shortstop for six to eight years, you know, it will work, right? They'll take it. Uh, I think eight is aggressive for, for him to stick at shortstop. If he could stay at shortstop at a high level for six, I would take that six or seven. That puts you to the range of kind of where Larkin, when Larkin was done. How old was Omar Vizquel when he got off shortstop? Um, that's a good question. Now, he's a, he's, I mean, he's a better shortstop defensively than Trey Turner. I mean, he didn't hit close to what Trey Turner did, but that's a good one. I mean, Ozzy Smith and Vizquel, probably the two best defensive shortstops I've ever seen. Oh, looks like he... Played shortstop through the age of 41. Yeah, he did it, um, but he was also amazing at it. Uh, I don't won his last Gold Glove at 39. Yeah, I, I don't think of Turner in that realm of defensively. You know, I think it's the Lar- I think Larkin's a good comp. You know, Barry Larkin about 36 years old. It kind of all started to fall apart. Now Jeter kept playing shortstop. It was actually kind of sad watching him try to play defense the last four or five years. He kept hitting, but I mean, he couldn't run down anything at shortstop. I mean, mostly in his whole career, but certainly in the last three or four years, it was ugly. So I don't know. I mean, I just, where does Trey Turner play when he's done playing shortstop? That That's also part of this dynamic. Is he a left fielder? Is he a second baseman? Which you could do that, but usually second basemen don't age into their late 30s either. Yeah, I just I don't know if he hits for enough power to play a corner outfield spot or even third base. Like, if you went and signed Carlos Correa... I think Carlos Correa ages better than Trey Turner because he has more power. He's a bigger guy. He's more muscular. He can be a third baseman. He can kind of age like Cal Ripken or A-Rod into, into a plus defender at third base. I don't know if Trey Turner has that. I just don't know where he goes. He seems like an imperfect fit pretty much anywhere right now. Yeah, which is why we the Phillies are telling us, and I know a lot of uh, – and I, I get it. I mean, I, I get the excitement, and I'm excited for the player. That's why the focus is on the now, right? 2023, the now, this run they're on the next four or five years, what they could do, trying to win a world championship. And if it happens, it'll all be worth it. I mean, we, we lived through the Ryan Howard contract at the end, and it was ugly, and it was kind of sad. But, you know, in retrospect, you just like, well – Look what he did, you know, in those great years from 05, 06, 07, 08, 09, two World Series appearances, a an MVP, a World Series championship. Was was it fun watching him play in 2014 and 2015? It was not. And, and we could have that one day with with a guy like Trey Turner. Let's talk up to Matt and Redding. What's up, Matt? Hey, uh, how's it going, guys? Um, Good, Matt. What's up? Uh, Hey, I wanted to give uh, Dombrowski some credit in an area or an angle that uh, it's been, I think is being overlooked. Um, since Major League Baseball officially made the rules, made it known that the rules are going to effect of uh, no shift and larger bases, what were the three guys that uh, Dombrowski signed after that, positional players? So we're talking about this offseason? Well, no, no, because uh, the rules came into effect before the trade deadline. It was uh, Marsh. Oh, so Marsh, Sosa, and, Sosa. and, uh, and Turner, yep. And three three very above average defensive players, and I think he I think he foresee the ball being in play more, and that defense is going to be a little more important this year than it was the last couple of years. Well, Matt, I, I think you're right. Um, I also think he correctly recognized, like, hey, this defense is bad. We need to get better, you know, defensively, and and they have. I mean, he's improved them defensively to where it wasn't a major problem outside of Hoskins in the playoffs, right? It, they didn't didn't kill them most nights. And then, Matt, the other thing about the rule changes, and I'm sure you you thought about this too. 
Trey Turner's game really fits the rule changes. He's his speed is is dynamic. So infield, you know, without the shift, it's gonna he get more infield hits, you would think. And it's gonna be easier to steal bases, and he's already one of the best and most efficient base stealers in the league anyway. Yes, correct. Uh most players are gonna hit more because of the rules, so it almost constantly ends up being a washed out. Um where it could benefit uh uh Turner more is the stealing the bases because it's not so much that the bases are, are just six inches closer, it gives them a bigger target. They can slide in the front or the back of the base, and the fielder has to, has to you know, swipe, swipe further to get to them um, to beat the throw. Um, and also, I wanted to re, uh, revisit a conversation we had. I think the last time we spoke mm-hmm. is when uh, Eflin declined his $15 million option, and, and we were kind of surprised by it. And I said, well, I actually think he's going to get more on the free major market than that. And um, he didn't get more per year, but he got a nice, what, three years, 40, uh, three years for $40 million? Yeah, from the Rays, uh, three. I think it was three forty-two, and it's it's the biggest contract, Matt, that the Rays have ever given out free agent contract in their history, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, yeah, or or crazy to think that it would be Eflin, but uh, I, I was actually hoping that the Phillies would uh, re-sign Eflin. Um, my next prediction is uh, Kyle Kendrick's going to get a bigger contract than we than we all realize. I bet you he gets twelve, thirteen a year. Kyle Gibson. I'm sorry, Kyle Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, he so Matt, he did sign. Matt, I appreciate it, man. I, he signed with the Orioles. Do so we know the number of that? Was that one year ten? I don't know why I feel like it was ten or eleven. Okay, so I, I, someone said it to me earlier. I, I actually hadn't seen the terms, and I know the Orioles gave Orioles gave him a one year deal. They need innings in that rotation. They need a veteran in that rotation. I would think they're still going to sign another yeah, one year, ten million. Okay, that's actually I think Kyle did a pretty good job. What wasn't he on a lesser contract before he? Left here, I, I, if I remember right, wasn't he making like eighty a year? Philly, the Phillies got him uh, from Texas a year and a half ago, and I thought part of the uh, appeal was you'd get him for twenty twenty two at like I don't know eight. Uh, yeah, seven point six in twenty twenty two. He got a raise. Kyle Gibson got a raise. <laughs> all right, I mean whatever. Good for him uh, going to get that kind of money. I'm not upset at all. The Phillies did not try to match that. I mean, it didn't seem like the Phillies had any interest in bringing Kyle Gibson back, which I am totally fine with. I never want to watch a pitch here again, and I don't think they need him. Now, they do need a starting pitcher, but, I, you know, I don't think they need a Gibson. Like, is Bailey Falter worse than Gibson? I don't think so. I think he's better. Like, he could be that fifth, sixth guy in the rotation next year. It's going to be Wheeler, Nola, Suarez. I'm not sure how much they're going to get out of Andrew Painter, but he's going to be part of this mix. Falter, they need one more veteran starter that can that could supply innings. So Gibson would have fit that bill, but I I mean I don't want him. I, I think they could do better there. I am interested to see how high they go, like what caliber of pitcher they they go after. Jamison Tyon's name has been put up, you know, brought up in conjunction with the Phillies. I'm not a big Tyon fan. I think he's just a younger version of Gibson. He's fine. I, I wouldn't be interested in giving him a multi-year contract, but that might be the guy. That might be the guy they um, they sign here. Steve's in Westchester. What's up, Steve? Hey, how you doing? Um, just a little uh, prelim on on the future lineup. And I, I just want to say something about last year's lineup, too. There's no way Kyle Schwarber should be batting first base at, at you who know. Should, who should position. have been? Well, who should have been at the time was Segura, although he's an ideal uh, number two hitter. Uh, yeah, that- Steve, I, I, he's not good enough to hit one or two anymore in lineups. He doesn't have, he doesn't hit for any power at all. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about Segura. No, I, I know Gene Segura. You, you don't need power. You do. You, what, you do. Oh, 
okay, we have a feast of famine lineup, a rainforest or desert lineup, and it, it was proven throughout the whole year. It was proven in the World Series. So you need some people who could get on base to, 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 to score some runs. I, I, I don't get this. It, it's, been, it's been proven through baseball for 125 years. And, you know, these, you know, one stat that I really like is WAR because the factors, it's been around for a while. Yeah, I agree. I agree these, with that, Steve. I'm with you on that one. Because it's been around. I don't, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw some history at you. 1976, Inside Sports came out. And it was a very, very eclectic sports monthly. And they came out with total average and, and more. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they were so interesting. For example, if you were to put bomb who has a very low W-A-R-Y, and I love the kid. Well, because his defense is so bad. That's why he's well, not Yeah, that's one of the reasons. But yeah. guess what? He's not fast, and he, he is such a good hitter that he hits the ball to the right side, and guess what? He hits in the DPs. So that's actually, you're making two outs, and he can't steal. That doesn't help, right. and he doesn't, he's lacking power. So we, we both like him very much as a hitter. I, I really like watching him bat, don't you? Yeah, I, and I think he got, he's getting better. I, I wouldn't mind, like... He's a guy I wouldn't mind seeing graduate eventually to be a kind of a two-hitter. I think he could do that one day. So when Bryce was out, they even had him at number three. Right. Okay, so my, my lineup would, would be, so far, Turner, Baum, Hopper, JT, and Schwerber. I don't know what the hell you're going to do with Castellanos. I mean, uh, Joe, Joe, he was being thrown mistakes. And generally on a mistake pitch, you're going to foul it off to the left side. This guy was just dumping him on the right field line. I know. And he kept on, he kept on doing it and doing it and doing it. And, and I'll, I'll grant this to the Phillies. They have a pretty good hitting coach. And if that hitting coach could not figure out what was wrong with, with Castellanos, who else is going to? Are you, are you going to wait till next year? He was in a weak division. He faced weak pitching. That year that, you know, he excelled. Well, anyway, um, uh, I want to see Reese going. Tucker just echoed my sentiments. He's a bad ball hitter. And uh, he he just looks clueless sometimes at the plate uh, when he's overmatched with average pitching Joe. What do you think? Well, I mean, you're right on Reese. I think this will be his last year here. And the Castellanos thing is, Steve, I appreciate your phone call. And I understand Schwarber's an imperfect leadoff hitter. I, I, believe me, if I was drawing it up, that's not who I'd put there. I just think in the context of this team with the group they have, I want to separate Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. They're the two most dangerous hitters. And late in the game, with the three-batter rule, with, with pitchers, you know, relief pitchers coming in, you can protect both of them from facing lefties. Or or if, you know, you make the... Uh, you make the opposing manager make a very difficult choice. All right, I'm bringing a lefty in because here comes Schwarber and Bryce. But if you put two righties in between them, two righties in between them, you make it hard. You make the opposing manager have to think, all right, is it worth it? Is it worth bringing my lefty in because I'm going to get you know him to face Schwarber and Harper? Mitigate their biggest you know biggest power on the other side, but I got to face Turner and JT or you know whatever, whatever righties you want to put in there. I would go Turner and JT. So that's why I, I do it the way I do it. Because I, I think that gives the Phillies the best advantage. But I understand why people want Turner about leadoff. He actually hit more second last year, but whatever. He's going to hit one or two. He's going to be up at the top. As far as Castellanos goes, I mean, what, you can't do anything. No one's going to take him. I would trade Castellanos tomorrow for a bag of balls. No one's taking that guy in that contract. You know what's interesting? I, I've seen a lot of people put out their lineups, right? Their projected lineups. I, I, I don't know what world we're living in where he should bat anywhere above sixth. Like, he has to show us he can hit again. 
These lineups that I see out there, like, oh, he's about fourth or fifth. Why? Why? Like, we think he's going to wake up next year and be a good hitter again? I'm not sure about that. I mean, even Well, Dave, he woke up last year and became a bad hitter. Well, that's true. Even Dave Dombrowski threw some cold water on, like, he'll just show up and hit again. No, he has to adjust. He'd stop swinging every pitch out of the strike zone. I mean, I'm like, if Nick Cassianos wakes up in April next year and hits 300 and drives the ball again, of course move him up in the lineup. They paid him $100 million to be a good hitter. I'm not like, I don't hate him forever and say he can't ever come back to the middle of the order, but I wouldn't gift him that from opening day. He's got to earn it. No, and I think the Phillies are trying to build a more complete roster, and right now I don't think they need him at the top of the lineup, right? I think in the World Series and in the postseason, they were praying that that he could rediscover his swing on a whim, that he could run into a pitch, that, that he could figure it out. I mean, he had that one great game against the Braves in the NLDS right. that, that kind of won them that game and made a couple of diving catches. But I understood why they had him at the top of the lineup. The same reason why you had Schwarber and Hoskins up there. Because when they finally got hot, you would want him up there. Right. In April and May, you don't need him up there. Right? If he gets hot batting seventh in the second week of April, great. Keep him down there for a week. See if he keeps it going. Then move him to six. Yeah. Move him to five. Move him around. The one thing... That if he gets healthy, if he gets gets right, if Turner plays like the way he does, I mean, the ability to alter the top of the lineup and, and play matchups and do things like that, that's something the Phillies didn't really have a chance to do in the postseason last year. They did not. No, they didn't. And you think about it, the Phillies could have one of the most, um, you know, deepest lineups for sure, but they could have – are we on the verge of having the most, um, I don't know what the word is, star-studded or like pedigreed lineup ever? How many first Trey Turner was a first round pick in his draft. Trey Turner was a first round pick. Bryce Harper was the number one overall pick. Kyle Schwarber was a first round pick. Top ten pick, right? Uh, Stott, Castellanos, Marsh. I believe Marsh was the first round pick of the Angels. Maybe his second. He was, he was, but he wasn't like he didn't come out of nowhere. Brandon Marsh. He was a uh, second round. Second round. Okay, but that I mean they have a lot of guys uh, that were very high picks. Romito was third round. Yeah, very high picks they respect the drafts. I just had a Trey Turner, I think it was like the 14th pick in whatever year he came out of school. So they have a lot of those guys. And um, that, that's Dave Nebraska's thing, right? He, he wants blue chippers. Fred is in Allentown. Hey, Fred. Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? Good, Fred. What's on your mind? Well, I mean, kind of just uh, repeating kind of what y'all are talking about right now tonight. I mean, it's it's great seeing uh, Dombrowski do a great signing of Trey Turner and him actually wanting to come here, I think. The ties to Harper did have something to do with it. But, I mean, I think, you know, also what Philly showed during the place, playoffs last year was it's becoming a destination point where the eyes of other players are starting to see the chemistry of what this team did uh, last year, that they're like, man, this it's exciting. I want to be part of this. Uh, I think, you know, five years ago, this is what we've been wanting as Philly fans is a team that is becoming well-rounded, where we could be perennial playoff contenders. Uh, and I think we are still missing a couple pieces. But, I mean, you're talking lineups. I mean, I do see Turner at number one. Uh, you know, you have Schwarber up there. Uh, I think JT would be better at a three, Harper at a four. I think Reese needs to get closer to five or six. Uh, Bohm probably same thing around the five or six area. Castellanos at seven, Segura, and then Marsh running up to eight, nine. But I think with this lineup and the potential of the players, we have that versatility to be able to play the matchups and also when injuries come up to be able to plug and play that we haven't had in a couple of years. I do think we need a starting pitcher uh, to complement Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez. 
I think Suarez did make a big progression forward uh, that he showed during the postseason and pitched outstanding. But I still think uh, you saw Nola and also Wheeler get a little bit gassed as it got closer to the end of the postseason in their run, uh, that we need that fourth guy to actually be able to seal the deal. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot, a lot of what you said there, Fred. They do need another starting pitcher, but the lineup's deep. And, and the best part, I think, now is however they do it, right? Turner, Schwarber, you know, whatever the order is. Reese just makes more sense five in the five spot, five six, right? The him at two, I hated that he was too, you know, too many slumps. Fred, I think it's just a, it's such a deep lineup. Like you, you can roll out Turner and Harper and Real Muto and Schwarber in some order, top four. That's really good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, in the field wise, I think you know we do have still some holes, but I think defensively we did increase uh, definitely. I think though, uh, with getting some willingness to maybe switch a couple places here and there to give some guys some off days, I think we do have the versatility. And having Stott in the uh, on the bench to come in and be able to fill some gaps too. I mean, I think the big thing also is with guys like Wheeler and Nola. I think we do need to look at our farm system and try to pick up some really good prospects coming on in the future so we can build that farm system so we're not having to rely too heavily on the free agent market. I know uh, a lot of baseball trends have gone back to the free agent market, but I think our farm system is also just as important. So we do have those guys that are able to come fill in when injuries happen. Well, and Fred, appreciate it. They're going to need it too. Um, let's – you know, I, we're all kind of like just drunk on happiness because the Philly signed Trey Turner and, and their owners willing to spend on another $300 million player. There is going to be a limit. We all realize this. You know, even the Dodgers and the Mets, we could put the Phillies in this mix now because they, they spend like these teams. The Yankees, there's only so many of these players they can have. They're not going to sign two more of them, $300 million players or whatever. Like, the only way this works is and sustains, they need young players to be cheap and good. It's, it's The Dodgers do this. I mean, the Dodgers have a lot of money spent on Freddie Freeman, spent a lot of money on, on Mookie Betts, spent a lot of money on Clayton Kershaw, but it works because they just consistently bring up these players who can play, and they're young, and they're cheap. It's almost, I mean, it's not that, baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but it's not that different than football. You know, why does it? Why are teams that pay their quarterback Still good. Well, the quarterback's good, but also they find a way to put enough around them. They, they they hit enough draft picks. Well, the Phillies like they need Bohm, Stott, Sir Anthony, who's still you know still cheap here. Um, obviously Andrew Painter, Mick Abel, Griff McGarry, Ranger Suarez, Connor Brogdon. All these guys make no make nothing compared to everybody else. Like they've got to contribute a lot. To help the offset that the fact that they're paying, they're paying what like six guys, one hundred and fifty million dollars next year or something like that. It's that's a lot for a, a small number of your roster. They need the young guys. Yeah, and they certainly have young guys, right? Bohm, Stott, Maton, mm-hmm. even Edmundo Sosa. Yep, they have young guys who can contribute. It's just that's what's going to keep this team as we talk about the the end of Bryce Harper and Trey Turner's contracts. That's what's going to keep them in contention, right? Like the twenty fifteen Phillies weren't doomed because Ryan Howard was making $25 million. They were doomed because all those prospects that we waited and sat on for five years, stunk. they all sucked. <laughs> they stunk. They were bad. Uh, let's talk to Tom in Alabama. Hey, Tom. Yo, Joe. How you doing? Good, Tom. What's up? Hey, you know what, Trey Turner, like you're saying, with the rule changes, and it also opens up a true leadoff man 
Uh, you know, I think a center fielder would help. I don't know if Marsh is going to be the man, uh, you know, a couple pitching tweets, but I, and a, a starter especially. But I got to take my hat off to John Middleton because I banged him pretty hard in some calls over the years. You know, when he didn't want to go over and if he was probably listening to that dope McPhail. And it wasn't it a hell of a coincidence the Phillies started winning as soon as he left the building. But, you know, I, I think uh, I think that, the, you know, he's spending the money. So, hey, the players just got to perform, you know. Well, they do, and and you, th- you would think with Trey Turner, Tom, he will perform, right? He's He's been a really, really, really good player for years, and I, I don't know if he'll give them 11 good years. He probably won't, but if, if he gives them five or six excellent years, I, I think they're going to be happy here. Well, to each 29, the nucleus of the team is pretty young, so that helps. About the uh, quick Eagles point, I think the Eagles, like you say, are a very dangerous football team and have the ability to win the Super Bowl. And the the thing about it is, let's just say that it doesn't happen, okay? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing that I feel good about, and that's the future between the draft capital and how he retained her to merging like it is. And I don't think the Eagles have played their best football yet either this year, Joe. I, you know what? I think they did on Sunday. But even in that, Tom, and Tom, I preached the phone call. Even in that, all those pre-snap penalties on offense. Was the offensive line drunk during the start of that game? What was that? You know, and like no one's cared the last two days because they won the game by 25 points. But what was that? I mean, every offensive lineman was flagged for a penalty. When was the last time we saw that in a game? That's, that's pretty bizarre. The Eagles pass blocking. I know they get a pass because they've been good. Their pass blocking this year has been pretty putrid. Especially on the left side. I think Jalen Hurts' sack percentage and his overall sack numbers would surprise people if you if They're you way up. If you don't have him in front of you, I think he's if I'm if I'm off by one, but like top ten in terms of most sacks taken. For a guy that's mobile, and I don't think he's held on to the ball too long this year. I, I don't feel like it's like, well, what are you doing, Jalen? Get rid of the football. I don't feel like when I watch him, I don't not like when I watched Wentz, I said, throw it, throw it, throw it. I don't feel that would hurt yet. He's got to be top 10. I think close to He's that. He's taking the seventh most sacks. There you go. His sack percentage is 11th. Yeah, so between 7 and 11 of those two categories. It's too many. It's, it's, they, they, it's not crippled them. It's almost like it's a consistent drip and drab of two or three a game, right? It's not like he – I don't think there's been a game where Jalen Hurts was sacked eight times, right? We don't have any of those. But it's been dribs and drabs where it's too many. It's weird. Yeah, and for a guy who we worry about him taking so many hits as a, a running quarterback, you know what helps not him getting hit? If you block for him and let him throw the ball from the pocket. Yeah. Ironically, uh, as they go to New York on Sunday, that's when he got hurt last year. Sacked in the pocket against the – or hit. I forget if it was a sack or not. But he was hit in the pocket, and that's when he hurt his ankle against the Giants last year. But one thing I wanted to mention on the Eagles, and it impressed me. We're going to have Bob Wankel coming up at 9. Your phone calls on Trey Turner uh, on the Eagles. And and really, my my feeling is we're watching a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. Like that, I'm, I felt when I watched the game on Sunday, that's a championship team. That's what they look like. But the Eagles, you know, I mentioned they had – it knocked down all the, the what what they had to right. They they've done, they've accomplished all the goals. They put you put it in front of them. They knocked it down. And we talk about like who they've played and all that. They've played four teams this season that went into the game with a winning record. Tennessee being the last one. Their record is four and zero in those games. They have the best point differential scoring differential in the NFL against teams that have winning records at the time they played them, and the best turnover differential. Like when they when they've played a, a team in the moment that is over five hundred. 
They've won and won decisively by 15 points per game. You cannot ask for more. 215-592-9494 gets you bored. We'll come back. Bob Wanklin, all your phone calls right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 